Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop, which is taking place on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer to sign up. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to identify simple solutions and systems that will make a massive difference and ripple effect inside of your center. I'm going to help you create efficiency where you need it most and understand what is causing your school to feel so hectic and where those big pain points are. We're going to clarify your center's priority system to improve this summer. I'm going to show you how to audit those systems. We're going to define your desired outcomes, and you're going to leave the workshop with a simple plan that will make huge impact. And by simple, I mean very simple. No complex, no multi-step processes. Super, super simple. No one has time for long things. No one has brain capacity for extra stuff. We need simple things that have massive impact. Go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer, and I'll see you there. Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of the Schools of Excellence podcast. So today's episode is definitely one of my favorites uh, from a topic perspective. It's how to become a better decision maker. One of the things that I often talk about with the leaders that we coach inside of our CEO legacy group, our owners HQ program, and our directors in our circle, is I talk about the meta skill for leaders, for school leaders, this meta skill for them to really um, practice, hone in, and really get really good at is decision-making. Because as a leader, that is one of the things you're doing constantly, right? And so decision-making is, you know, when you think about um, the ways to become a better decision-maker, there's so many ways to look at this. I'm going to share with you a couple of different angles. The way that you pose a question or a problem plays a major role in how you're going to respond or how you're going to perceive your chances of success in this particular problem, right? So when we think of decision-making, we are making decisions about problems, challenges, obstacles that are coming our way, okay? And so the way that we pose the problem makes a big impact on how we make the decision. For example, you have two surgeons, okay? One surgeon tells his patient, listen, this surgery, super safe. 90% of people who undergo this surgery survive, okay? 90% of the people who go through this, survive. Then you have another surgeon who comes to his patient, same surgery that he needs to undergo. And he tells him, listen, this surgery is super safe. 10% of people who undergo this procedure die. Okay. I'll say that again. 10% of the people who undergo this procedure die. Now the statistics are the same. 90% of people who undergo the procedure live or 10% of the people who undergo this surgery die. So the facts are the same. But the research shows shows that people who hear 10% of people will die perceive that the risk of this surgery are much greater. Why? Because when you're faced with a decision, frame the issue differently. Okay. When you look at it from more of a positive perspective, it's going to shape the way you make the decision. So one of the strategies to become a better decision maker is take a minute to think about whether there could be a slight change in the wording and how you're perceiving the problem that you're about to make a decision on. And that might really help you make a better decision. Okay, that's one tip. Another way to look at this is there has been a lot of studies around the value of letting an idea or decision that you have to make incubate for a little bit. 
right? Don't answer it right away. Don't answer it right away. Let it incubate. In a world of instant gratification, in a world of we send a message and you have to respond within six seconds, in a world of this on-call mindset, we feel like sometimes decisions also have to be this on-call mindset, right? We have to respond immediately. We have to be available right away. We don't. And you actually become a better decision maker when you learn how to let that, excuse me, idea incubate, marinate inside of you. Sleep on it for a day, for two days, for three days. There is a decision that my husband and I are still not fully formed yet, right? So at the time of this recording, it's a Tuesday evening and Thursday. So in two days from now, I'm going into the final phase of the decision. There's one more variable that I need to kind of research and and understand. And then hopefully by Friday, I will have made the final decision. But this challenge has been going on for about, I would say, three months that I'm letting this challenge incubate inside of me because there are so many different angles of this decision before I really make the final call. And the reason why so many people don't let ideas incubate is because the anxiety and the uncertainty of not making the decision is killing them. And one of the ways to become a better decision maker is learn how to sit in uncertainty, learn how to sit in the discomfort, learn how to feel your way into those emotions and don't numb them. Um, we numb emotions in a lot of different ways. Uh, some people listen to it like, no, I don't numb my emotions. Numbing is not just alcohol, drugs, smoking. Numbing is overworking, distraction, binge watching, shopping, right? There's so many different ways of numbing the emotions that we feel around big decisions we have to make. And so besides for letting an idea incubate, learning how to sit in the discomfort of not making the decision instantly will actually make you a wiser decision maker, okay? You will become someone that can actually trust their own wise counsel. And the final strategy to become a better decision maker is make it a daily habit to review the choices that you made throughout the day, okay? So let's say you made a decision didn't turn out well. Okay. Shocking, right? We all make bad decisions. (laughs) Ask yourself, you know, what went wrong here? What are the lessons that could be gained from this? Because when we take the time to close that feedback loop, we're going to be met with a similar, you know, issue again. It's not like you make a decision and it's a one and done and like, oh, we're never going to cross that bridge again. Really? Every single decision whether you're making decisions about your children, your children's education, your children's future, uh, social skills, uh, social dynamics, uh, house boundaries, values in the home. Um, You're making decisions in your marriage and your relationships with parents, with clients, with staff members, with uh, your boss. Ladies and gentlemen, there are so many decisions we have to make all the time. And Sometimes we make this really hard decision. We're like, cross that bridge. Hope I never have to do that again. You might have to. And so taking the time to document your process of how you made this decision, how you went about it, um, who were the people that you reached out to, um, which brings me to, you know, one more point in, in decision making is seeking wise counsel. 
making a decision, <clears throat> excuse me, in your own echo chamber is probably one of the worst things you could do when you're making a decision. Now, I'm not talking about a decision of what to eat for lunch or if you should have, you know, a latte or a frappuccino. Those are decisions you can make on your own. I'm talking about big decisions that truly impact long-term your quality of life, where you're headed, your financial, your health, your wellness, your mental health, your emotional well-being, your marriage, your children. Like there are big decisions that we need to make in our lives. And sometimes we get ashamed that we have to make this decision or we feel ashamed that like I should know the answer. Leaning into the vulnerability to seek wise counsel will make you a better decision maker. Again, you know, going back to the example that my husband and I are going through right now where we're making this big decision. Um, we seeked counsel from a number of different people. That was a very strategic choice. We, we seek, uh, we spoke to two of our friends um, who each gave us a very different perspective, which was very, very insightful. Um, and then I called up a mentor of mine. So I have a number of different kinds of mentors. I have a business mentor. Um, I have a financial mentor and then I have a kind of family life mentor um, who I call for just advice and counsel on marriage and raising children. Uh, she's a big family of her own. And I really trust the way that she asks me difficult questions to lean into why I'm leaning towards this decision or why I'm leaning towards that decision. Um, again, when you're seeking wise counsel, you're never going to someone to tell them, to ask them to make the decision for you or tell you what to do. If you're asking for advice from someone and they tell you what to do, run for the hills, right? That That's not what you're looking for when you're making a decision. Making a decision is very different than coaching right? When you're going to a coach and you're bringing a challenge, you're looking for, what do I do next, right? What's the next step? You want to be coached. Decision-making, I'm not looking for someone to tell me what to do with my child. I'm the parent, right? This is ultimately, you know, mine and mayor's decision, but I am seeking wise counsel on what are the filters to make this decision? right? What are some perspectives that I might not have looked at yet? Um, what are some of the angles, you know, and if I do make this decision, what are some of the risks in going in this direction? Um, are there any bridges that I might be burning um, that I might be potentially breaking by making this decision? And if so, how do I go about ensuring that I don't burn this bridge um, and that I keep the lines of communication open? Um, there's some really heavy things sometimes when we make decisions and when you bring in wise counsel, they'll, you know, I, I remember when we were making this decision, the person, one of the friends that I had spoken to had said, by the way, if you go this route, you might burn the bridge with this other person. And if it's important for you to keep the communication open with that person, here's something I would recommend on how to keep the lines of communication open. And I remember sitting there stunned, like I didn't even consider that making that decision might burn that bridge because I was so focused in like my own world of like what to do for my child that I didn't even realize the implications of what would happen to make that decision. This is why we seek counsel. 
to become a better decision maker is not to become the person who has all the answers. I'm going to say that again. To become a better decision maker is not to become better at having all the answers. To become a better decision maker is to become a person that knows how to ask great questions, who knows who to seek counsel from, depending on the decision that they're making, who understands how to sit in the discomfort of the uncertainty, who doesn't rush to make a decision right away, who understands that when it incubates inside of them, the clarity will come to them. That is how you become a better decision maker. And being a better decision maker will free you from a lot of mental anguish, a lot of anxiety, will give you a deeper appreciation and meaning and just a better quality of life because the challenges that come your way, you're like, I got this. I can make these decisions. I know how to make hard choices. All right, that's it for today. Thanks so much for joining me on another bonus episode on the Schools of Excellence podcast. We went a little bit over here, a little over the 10 minutes. Um, Again, decision-making, huge topic that I love to talk about. Um, If you would like more insight or more of an extensive podcast episode on decision-making, please let us know. Please email us, cw at hani.me. Post inside of our free Facebook group, the Schools of Excellence Lounge. You could ping me on Instagram. So many different ways to get a hold of myself and my team. We're always looking to hear feedback from all of you, from all of our listeners. Um, what are you looking for? We hit a milestone actually in the month of April. We had 5,000 downloads in uh, just the month of April alone, which was phenomenal. <clears throat> super, super uh, grateful for everyone that's been listening to the show uh, continues to listen to the show, continues to support the show. So let us know what content you're looking for so we can continue to provide world-class content for all of you. Wishing you all an amazing day and thanks so much for joining me. Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can click the link in the show notes or go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to optimize your already efficient systems or help you tweak some ones that need a little bit more tweaking to help you enter the 2024-2025 school year with ease, with success, and with calmness. Increase your profitability, reduce your expenses, and more than anything, just help you buy back some of your time. I look forward to seeing you there.